Inside each and every one of us, there is a desire to belong, to know that we can show up as we are without judgment or justification, to know what it feels like to be wanted and longed for, to know the power of community. But what if each and every one of us had the power to create belonging from within? What if there were people already building spaces for you to be you? What if they believe so deeply in the power of connections, justice, collaboration, creativity, and empathy that they knew they could heal the world? That is where you belong. And the exploration of spaces, places, and experiences where we allow ourselves to be free. There is a place where you belong. Welcome. We've been waiting for you to arrive. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to Where You Belong, the podcast where we explore the spaces, places, and experiences where we allow ourselves to be. I'm Anna Chapman, your podcast guide on this adventure. And today I have an amazing guest for you. This is a dear friend of mine named Meg Bradbury, who is, I mean, she's just a gem of a human. Meg is gay. She's an educator, a body trust provider, and an all-around badass crone. And in this episode, we talked about how we're both handling the pandemic. We talked about how... Meg is beautifully aging and sort of taking this time to slow down and explore what she wants the next 10 years of her life to look like and also just what it is to age in this time. Um, Queer elder, elder queer, as I should say, is a group that Meg has on Instagram where they connect about what it is to be aging as a queer person and what I love most about Meg is the way in which she's not afraid to be real and honest and really meets community building with that same authenticity. So I think that today you are going to have a lovely ear treat. Um, I know that after this conversation, I don't know, I felt a little bit better about aging and a little less scared to die which may sound like a intense thing to say but here at where you belong intensity is always loud so without further ado i hope you enjoy meeting meg oh one other thing p.s if you would like to say a little hello or just follow me personally you can find me at i am anna chapman on instagram Or you can send me a little email or some feedback about anything you're curious about uh, over at IamAnnaChapman at gmail.com. So I would love to hear from you. Also today on Anchor, that's where this little cutie podcast is recorded, I'm going to open up the voice memos. So something I haven't tried, but if you want to send a little voice memo about anything you're enjoying around the show or just a little hello you want to do, I would love to open that up. So let's see what happens. Maybe nothing, maybe everything. 
And now, let's take one big deep breath together before we get into the meat of it. I hope that you sit back, relax, and enjoy this beautiful conversation with Meg Bradbury. Enjoy this place where you belong. Hi, everybody, and hi, Meg. Welcome to Where You Belong. I'm so happy that you're here. How are you? I'm swell. I am so happy to be here on the first sunny day in Los Angeles in a pandemic quarantine. Oh, my God, amazing. It's a very great day here in Portland, but we're also in our houses, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um. So before we get into it, I just would love for you to share, before we even get into that, I'm going to share how we know each other. So Meg and I met, I don't know how many, probably two or three years ago. When did you become Uh, a body trust provider? 2016, 15? Okay. Sometime. Whatever. (laughs) Sometimes. A while back. Sometime in the 2000s, Meg and I met. Um. And I was uh, managing Be Nourished, and Meg came to do the Body Trust Certification Program, and I pretty much immediately was like, yep, you're pretty cool. I don't know why I think you're so cool. Probably because you're, like, all tatted and fun. I don't know. You just, you have an air about you that's, like, both welcoming and kind of cool. And I was like, ooh, I don't know what that is, but I I want it. Ooh. In a friend way. In a friend yeah. way. But it was a very sweet, like, who is this person? And then as we, um, I was kind of like in and out of the training as I was helping um, Hillary and Dana, but we kept having these like little moments of like really great conversations. And I think we had a conversation on the night of there's like a dinner the night before the whole training starts. And I think there I was like, oh, you're cool. Let's talk more. And since then, we've just been having amazing conversations about all the things like yoga and food and age. And then we got to do a really cool um, accessible yoga training with Amber Carnes together. And that was really, really special because you live in L.A. and I don't get to see you often. Yeah. I can I jump in here and also talk a lot about the connections that I felt with certain people at that uh, body yeah. trust provider and then training. jump into who you are so just you take it away okay I'm taking it away I felt <laughs> the same way there was this instant sort of like um oh I see you and I mm-hmm. want to know more of who you are and why you make me feel so welcome in myself and in my space and in my mm-hmm. body and which is why I was so fascinated and so excited for you to be talking about belonging in this podcast because and it will go into that, but you, you really, you really made me feel very welcome and like I belonged in that space Aww. just by your presence, which is a gift you have. So there's that. I love that. <laughs> right. And then what Thank am I you. supposed to do? I'm supposed to talk about myself. <laughs> yeah. Now you tell us who the hell you are. <laughs> I am Meg Bradbury. I'm a, as Anna mentioned, I am a certified body trust provider, um, I'm an anti-diet nutritionist. I am a accessible yoga teacher. I am a RYT um, yoga teacher and meditation teacher. And I also have a little side hustle called Elder Queer. 
which is huh. providing online space for 40 and over queers to gather and discuss relevant issues that we go through. What? How did I not know about this? I don't know. I feel out of the loop. Okay. Because you're not We're elder. Gonna, maybe. I guess. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't hit the mark. But I love that and I want to amplify that. So I'll, we'll put a little something about that in the post when we share about this. Let's do that. Um, so that more elder queers can get involved in that. Yes. Oh, it's so great to have you here. Um, I love that you already mentioned this idea of having a feeling of belonging through someone's presence. I think that that's really cool. Um, and I think that we have had many moments, even I think we had a little passing when we were at a Sonia Renee Taylor event that was like just a little hug and a hello. And there's just something about those, even those moments that I'm really appreciating right now as we're kind of isolated and, yeah, and, and sort of rethinking like what belonging means and looks like now in a place where physically we aren't supposed to get together. Um, and how do we, so my sort of inquiring into belonging right now is like, how do we find that space, space within ourselves and how do we start to rebuild that trust with our bodies once it's been lost? Yeah. Um, and so I would love to hear about how you create, it sounds like you have a lot of avenues that you create space for belonging for other people, but like where's your place or places that you have found for yourself have been either a place where you could sort of fill up or that you could just relax and be all of who you are? Oh, it's so interesting how... as we were talking off off recording about how this answer is completely different right mm-hmm. now than it might have been a month ago or before we were all in in quarantine, um, yeah. and also how it shifts and like ebbs and flows with time and age and experience and and people that come in and out of our lives too, and I think that right now. Gosh, I love the the way you use the word trust because trust is so paramount right here. It's, we're getting to know ourselves in this quarantine in a whole different way. Mm. How am I without physical touch? How am I without the experiences of going outside and having adventures and, and doing the things and having dinner out and, you know, mm. being that kind of social person? And also, how am I losing trust of others? Mm. How am I going to relate to others when this is all over when I can be walking my dog and see somebody two blocks away and have this, this sort of visceral reaction to that. Like, oh, I can't cross the street fast enough. Um, And Mm. I think all of this is, is just a curiosity and an exploration of what, of how I belong to the world now and how the world belongs to me now when there's so much of our safety that's in question. Mm. There's just so much I don't know. And I guess making it okay to not know it is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're at, we, especially um, those of us, I know you and I are included, who have 
you know, curated our lives in a way to be able to share tools for inner connection. Mm -hmm. And yet we've never been forced, even ourselves, to, to be put in a situation where that was the only option. Right. Right. And like, it's almost like, like where the rubber meets the road on, on, I'll say spiritual practice, but like on just practices in general, because I think it's impacting how we work, how we, it's impacting every facet of our lives. And so it's, it's also interesting to me of like, how perfect I think I'm supposed to be at it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and now yes. I'm like, I'll find myself being really like down or hard on myself. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, it'll be about a like Instagram timeline that I made for myself where there's no other person <laughs> involved of like, I have to post this thing at this time and has to look this way. And it's like, that doesn't fucking matter. Like, <laughs> so true. I'm so sorry to tell you, little Anna inside who thinks that like whatever I'm sharing is the you know the next Buddhist incarnate idea of like how to find freedom in isolation. Like, it's just that's not it's not that serious, and yet I can be so hard on myself and so mean to myself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I just was kind of like ruminating about this on my Insta this morning about how like the sourdough starter pandemonium <laughs> is, is kind of fucked me up a little bit because I rabbit hold into disorder voice. So you see like sort of like, oh, the sourdough starter, that's a good idea. And then you see like 500 sourdough starters. And then you think, well, boy, I fucking better get on the ball here and make my sourdough starter. And then once you sort of get that sort of, for me anyway, and with mm-hmm. my disorder path in my mind, I sort of, I sort of get that perfectionism synapses firing. And then, um, then I go into like, well, then I better make it, it better be pretty in this bowl for the picture. And Oh, I better use whole grains and Oh, I better. And it doesn't stop. It just sort of like rolls into this, like I should do, I should be, I should have, I should know so that I can impart this information. Just like you said, like have the voice and have the thing that I can give to the world right now. When really, you know, it's one, and I didn't end up making the sourdough starter, but it's one of like 75,000 sourdough starter pictures on Instagram that somebody just oh, yeah. swipe right through. And it, didn't, it wasn't even about that eventually. It was about totally. my own sense of self and my own sense of perfection and my disorder. It just pops right in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it comes in. The way I think right now our disordered brains... Uh, anyone who has ever had an eating disorder or been impacted by a family member that's had one, like all of those uh, sort of narratives are kind of dormant until we get into our most stressed states. And then they're, it's as if they're the first and only <laughs> like pieces of logic left. Right. <laughs> like that's it. Okay. Well, all I guess I just got to go back to the old ways of the West. Like, it's just so natural. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be halfway through some sort of, like, recycling of diet mentality in my brain to where I'm like, okay, we're going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And then I've, like, 
let my brain run all to the point where I'm about to get in out of the house to go to the store to start this thing. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, what? <laughs> like, what do I need right now? And it's like, oh, I just got stressed or I did. I made a mistake or or, you know, like some of us are in quarantine with no one and some of us are in quarantine with our people and like my person and I are always together and so then it's like not only is my stressor internal synapses and all of my adrenals are running like theirs are too and so when we come together even to just like decide on lunch or whatever it's it's like so much more than we're used to on yeah. our day to day yeah and all the little things just become big things because you don't have a lot you have this like, kind of like compact version of life yeah. and so making a decision about lunch becomes like the big decision of the day and it better be right and it it really goes into that sort of neural familiarity of disorder where we were limiting our choices because that was a coping mechanism and it's it's so interesting how this all parlays into that kind of recovery like oh i don't know I, for it sounds like for you too totally and also just like i have seen how much space i've had from it to where there when there's no space it's almost intolerable mm-hmm and so I'm also seeing my, like, lack of capacity for di- diet mentality, where before I had endless capacity. Yes. And, like, almost a lack of capacity for another way. So, like, I also see this time as a way to see what's working or what I've grown into and then having to meet, like, that new version again instead of going back to, like, I'm at square one. It's like, well, actually, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm triggered in this moment. And then I can kind of like follow the thread back to be like, oh. And I have to keep telling myself. I have yesterday probably had to tell myself like 14 times. Like we're in the middle of something that's never happened, at least for me in my lifetime. How could I possibly know how to handle this? Yes. Yes. It's so important to actually remind ourselves of that completely. Yeah. And like I have this this whole thing, you know, our egos are so so, you know, they're also working on overdrive trying to help us. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They're like, "Wait a minute. We have this and this is how we live now." Yeah. Okay, look how great this is. And it's like, "Oh no, this isn't great." And even our egos are like, "I don't know what to do here." Like <laughs> Like, you're literally outgrowing the box I've tried to put you in forever because you can't leave it. So, yeah. like, even our our egos are like, I don't know how to help <laughs> or not help. Like, I'm not even. <laughs> yeah, this is so uncharted territory for yeah. all of us. And that helps to remember that you're not in this alone. But it also, for me, I rely, and this sounds very dependent but I really rely on the people I look to um Mm. it's the certain people in my life that help me through things my helpers my my you know team yeah and nobody knows what to say or do right now and there's comfort there and there's also like wait if you don't know who knows so there's oh yeah a little bit of fear too and 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 this sense of like oh fuck we really i mean when people say we're all in this together it's like well no really there's a lot of different a lot of people who 
don't have the privileges I have. Oh, and, yeah. But we are all in this together in the way that we don't know what the fuck is coming around the path. We just don't. And that there's there's a certain amount of panic there and there's a certain amount of comfort there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I can't imagine with the um, immense amount of privilege I have and I'm going through it, you know, every day feels different. It's kind of almost moment to moment. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine someone who has almost no resource. Like it just, it's just so hard to even fathom. And yet it's the reality. And I'm glad, you know, I've had, you're my third guest. So lovely. I love this thing. I love this podcast because it's, it's whole thing is about what's the truth of belonging for you and people may Love it, hate it, have a reaction to it. And I think that that's all like material for us to understand more about us and and those in our community. So I love it. Yeah. But what I also have found is that no one who I've had on here thus far has been um, unaware of the immensely different experiences that people are having based on where they live. Uh, how much money income they have the color of their skin like there's just so many different experiences that are happening because you know this feels like it's a pandemic but it's also like the shaking up of capitalism yeah kind of figuring out like what are so it's not working what now i hope um, that's where we go with it me too i i i i pray mm-hmm. that that's where we're going because um how do we how do we continue this way we don't <laughs> that's what i i feel if you think about it like if you think about if our i'll just say our country because i can't speak well i can barely speak from my the room i'm in but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's sort of like if we see our our country adopting yeah. some pedagogies of non-capitalism that will completely decimate our sense of belonging non-belonging in the most amazing ways even just a small change in the ideas of capitalism I just can't even imagine how that will how that will look and how our our country would look and how people's lives will be impacted. It seems so powerful and so hopeful. Um, and I don't have a picture in my head of what this is, but any change in that way okay. would be, okay, go. <laughs> Le- yeah, and well, here, no, here's my thing. Like, let's not just be these white ladies on here. Right. Let's envision it a little bit. Like, where do you think, in Meg's ideal land, <laughs> the land of the elder queer, mm-hmm. What is, where do you feel like some of these places could be that would make a pretty significant change? We can take out like logistics and all of those other things. We're not here to plan. We're just here to seed ideas. So I would say Oh God! It's just like so. And now I'm all thinking of reasons why this won't happen, but I'm not going to no, do that. No, and I, I, yeah, let's try to okay. imagine a world where we. I would say uh, equal pay grades. 
I would say um, socialized medicine, mm. access to health care. Mm. I would say, oh, this is this. I don't. This goes. I would say of, feeding programs over nutrition programs. So like, just yes, getting people yes, food, just getting yeah, absolutely. getting people access without any um, morality. Yeah, without the moral uh, or... Yeah, here's how you can and can't spend your funds. Here's like here's, exactly. the, here's the food that we've decided for you or the best food for you what or I your cultural family. What I would love to see would be like, here's where you can get the most bang for your buck. Or like, here's some of the resources that we think will go longer for you. Mm-hmm. Or like, how do we make people how do we give support that's not taking access away, but really opening it up? Yes. And when we're sharing resources, how do we also seed ideas of like, not here's where the freshest blah, blah, blah is. Well, maybe here. I mean, I actually really like that one, but like, instead of here's where you can get your veggies and your this, it's like, Hey, here's uh, the best Mexican market. That's, if that's where you're the kind of food that your family cooks and eats, like this is where the best deals are or what, I don't know. Like, I feel like there has to be some resources for like, here's within walking distance from your home. Like we got to do a better job of opening up resources. Cause I've even noticed like with the, and I hate to get political, but that's just where we Mm -hmm. are, you know, Yeah. like with the government uh, money, that's going out. Yeah. Oh, the, the, sm- the quote unquote small businesses where all the big businesses got the money first. And so there's none left. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I've also noticed as an individual who uh, lost her job, there's, it's a whole thing. It was not, a, no one was bad. I was trying to make awesome moves and then, you know, this happened. And so it's, it's basically paused me from work right now. Yeah. But I realized, like, I have, because of my privilege, I am on unemployment. It's the first time I've ever been on unemployment. But I felt like it was relatively easy. I had a computer. I had, I knew where to go. I was able to read everything. You know, like, there's a level of ableism that I have in in being able to get Mm -hmm. that that I feel isn't available. And as I was reading some of this, like, government writing I was like who even I who's you know I have a BS in advertising like I went to school a lot of school still have to pay a lot of loans for that schooling I was having trouble understanding what things meant and how to do things and it's like how, how do we expect people to be able to access the programs and the systems, if they're so difficult to even understand. Right. And if you're scrambling to get your application in before other people do, and you're trying to run your business still somehow, make it work somehow, you're trying to raise your family who are probably, if you have children, they're not in school right are now. at home. Right. Exactly. So how, and when big corporations can, or big restaurant chains or whatever can 
have their attorneys tackle it or have their accountants tackle it and fill out the paperwork and do all the jump through the hoops and keep running business as usual. Yeah. It's just, it's so have and have not even with this. And as as we found out, of course, the money's gone and it was given to mostly bigger chains and, and corporations. And once again, the smaller family business person, the solopreneur or the gig hustler or whoever needs the most help is shafted. Yeah. And you're right. We have an extraordinary amount of privilege. I was thinking, okay, well, I've in my private practice at Lamplight where I, you know, do um, counseling and and talk um, with people in recovery. I was thinking I'm really lowered my prices or actually started to work for free for right now. And that's totally fine with me. I have a full-time job. I'm so privileged to be able to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I really have been wanting to sort of flirt with the idea of building up my lamplight so that it could be my solo thing, my only thing. And um, that's not going to, I can't even see that happening at this point because everybody's jacked financially. And I get that. So I was thinking, well, maybe I'll look at that, that, you know, the loan thing and see what that might look like and whatever. But it's just, I don't know. It's so complicated and so loaded and so political. And you have to step back in this case and I'll speak for myself, I have to step back and say, you know, like, oh, I'm, my business might be hurting, but I'm still able to pay my bills and buy food and I have a roof over my head and, and I can offer my daughter a place to stay because she has no place to stay. And I can sort of foresee the next few weeks in front of me as being relatively stable and how much fucking privilege that is to friends who are not in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Almost a lot of my friends are, you know, small designers or um, have their small businesses and and they're not, you know, they can't get unemployment Mm -mm. because they own their things. And it's not as if before this they were raking it in. They were doing well and creating and, and doing what they were here for, but... Now it just, it, it's just so, it feels like, what do we do? And then there's also this other beautiful thing that I've noticed in the slowing down mm-hmm. is that there's also this surrendering that's happening. I just did, um, <laughs> I talked to Coco Madrid, on, we did a 420 episode that we aired yesterday that was really fun but it was really sweet talking to Coco because she was um she was basically like this is what I can do and I'm going to do what I can how I can and I'm gonna like there's nothing to even worry about because what is that doing to us And so what I've started to do is instead of like getting on the the ride of this cycle of my brain of like worry, I'm trying to think, okay, what do I do in this moment that gives me choices? Because I think that's the thing that's most um, frustrating 
is the lack of choice. Yes. And so I make everything a choice. Like I will even be like, which bathroom do I want to use right now? Which sink do I want to wash my hands in? Like, how do I break down choice to be so much more accessible? And then my day feels a little bit more full of options. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really great because it it seems like like this is these would be nothing decisions really on a given day, but yeah. at the same time the idea of expanding your notion of choice and of diversity of experience, even if it's just using a different kind of soap or switching out your toilet, you know it's like that is so important. That the, I love the way you sort of spoke to that because I realize I'm doing that too and I didn't even know it. Well, how are you well, doing exactly it? Exactly what you said about like choosing a different bathroom. I'm realizing <laughs> I'm I'm able to be in my workplace right now. We have just a couple people here, and we're doing all the good social distancing here. But sometimes I'll think I just want to go to the upstairs bathroom, and there's nobody upstairs. The lights are off, whatever. But it just makes it a little bit different. Or I'm going to take a walk around the block because I need to get out in the sun, and I'm going to go this way I've never gone before because I just need to look at something different. You know, it's, it's having the choice to do that, even if your choices are really limited, understanding that that is vital and that is important in terms of feeling a sense of balance and creativity. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. You're like, I'm going to the upstairs dark bathroom. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's like I both, I like how we both like chose different bathrooms. That's our, that's our thing. Like so funny. Or even like, you know, we have um, uh, in my family, we have, we've determined that we'll eat dinner together on Fridays, the people who live in my house. And Fridays is when we'll try to get takeout. And that has just become so exciting because nobody knows where we're going to get takeout. We'd saved the decision for the last minute. And it, it's just the thing. And that is sweet. Like that, having mm. that be the thing that gets me excited to look forward to, it's really kind of sweet. It speaks to a slowing down and it speaks to a kind of re- revising importance. I love that. Yeah, I found that I've really leaned into using food in a really mm-hmm. sweet way as something that can be exciting um, or like where I eat or how I eat. We've been, um, Titus and I will go on, we kind of call them Sunday drives. They could be any day though. But it's like we will get really stressed out or, or be in the middle of something and we'll be like, hey, do we need to drive? And so we'll just get in the car. And we live in downtown Portland. So right up Burnside, there's like you can drive for like a mile and a half. And then it's all mm-hmm. forest. Yes, I know where you're talking about. And so it just like gets us out of our head. But it also has become this sort of like resetting thing that we can do for to support each other. Of Like, oh, I think one of us needs a drive. Um Because it's also like if you're in a house with someone else, even if you're amazing and in tuned and like lovebirds, you still get to the place where you're like, okay, we've been looking at each other in this house for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we need to change the scenery 
or just uh, um to mix it up in some way so i love that you're doing that friday night takeout that's really cute it is and i i find myself wondering what i would be like or what my life would be like if i was living with a lover at this point i don't know yeah if, <laughs> i don't know if we'd still be lovers oh that, yeah that no we hard. talk about we laugh about that all the time it is but also we're best friends so it's nice too because i have my like person we talk about a lot we yeah. experience a lot so it's yeah. awesome. And I think we're killing it. Compared, I was like, there's going to be a lot of divorces. Oh, you know it. Yes, absolutely. And some needed to happen and, I and think, some were a surprise. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. It's so interesting. And it's so, again, it's this un, this unknown territory and this like moment to moment figuring it out. Uh, that's just, it's wild. And it really sort of harkens back on the idea of belonging, which I'll circle around back to. How do we belong with another person in this limited space? And how do we create our own systems of belonging? Like even just like wanking. (laughs) Too many many people in my house. I feel like it's so weird that, that that is sort of like, you know, just shut your door and whatever. But it just seems a little bit more hard uh, yeah, to negotiate with timing of private time, not just masturbating, but but you know if you want to just eat, just by being yourself, pri- yeah. If you want to just have a conversation with yourself or listen to music really loud, you know, all the things that you take Completely. for granted that are very difficult yeah. when you're trying to be mindful of somebody else's comfort in their own space. That's so real. Are there anything? that you're loving about it i'm yes. always curious anything working i okay, think that me. um there's been conversations i've been able to have with myself in terms of um mm. in terms of goals it, it just seems right mm. now there's just this this sort of um mandated realism where where you Mm-mm. can't or i can't be dreamy I sort of have to be very centered in the possibilities like, oh, in 10 years, I'd really like to be A, B, C, and D becomes, oh, in 10 years, here's what's probably going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I have to think more pragmatically. I have to actually be a little bit less of a soupy dreamer, which is my, my founder title in Elder Queer. It's like I have to be a little <laughs> less of that, and in some ways, that's yeah. been great. Like I've really, I've done my will. I've done. I've really sort of um, dug into what I want for my last years. How do I feel like I can envision that process? Who do I want to do it with? How do I want my end of life to be? Mm. And it, this wasn't a morbid thing. It wasn't even related to COVID. I just had the time to actually think logically about it. And it just became very important. So I went there and that connected me with the fact that my mom died two years ago. And that's a whole story unto itself. But thinking about all this end of life stuff and really connecting it to her end of life has created this narrative for me that I've been writing a lot about. So there's, there's this sort of like, one thing begets another thing begets another thing all in the realm of possibility because I have more time 
Um, that's actually been really Whoa. lovely. So connecting some dots um, in a way that feels mm. real as opposed to in a way that feels based in um, some sort of far awayness, like not necessarily so mm, tangible. That's really beautiful. I was, as you were talking, I, I just, we, Titus and I started watching this show. I swear there's a point though. This show called Midnight. Oh, what's the show called? Hold on. I'm going to get it. I keep forgetting it. I just texted my brother about it. I'm going to get it. And now I feel like singing. I'll sing a song while you're looking. Midnight at the Oasis. You... That's all. I don't know the rest of the lyrics, so that's it. Midnight Gospel, but it's perfect because you were just singing to us. It was beautiful. It's called Midnight Gospel, and it is on Netflix. It just came out yesterday. What Highly is it? I've never even heard but of it. It's an animated show about this character who's making a space cast, which is like a it's like a podcast in space and the premise is that every episode he goes to a different world and talks to someone about life and about uh death and about all of these beautiful things and it's really uh based in mindfulness but it's also like got this brutal reality and it's kind of a it's made by the people who I love adventure, adventure time. time seriously so uh Meg, after this episode, if you can, I think you need to go, go watch, watch because because it's just what you were saying. You're going to want to watch episode. Once you get to episode two, please text me back after because how you were just talking reminded me of this um, this woman who's talking about uh, she's talking about and they get into all kinds of spiritual things, but she's talking about how Jesus was actually giving he she was like you have to meet um pain in the way jesus met his death which was as this like beautiful birthing contracting and releasing and the way she talked about it Mm. gave me goosebumps because i was like that's my ultimate challenge is how do i meet pain and how do i meet it as a friend because that's something that I have really grappled with like on the Enneagram I'm a number I'm a seven which is like my my biggest fear is being trapped in emotional pain and I find that because of that I actually because I know that I find myself throwing myself into all kinds of things but the beauty of this sort of metaphor was like how do I meet meet it with this sort of like the beauty of a birth or this idea that like nothing mm-hmm. is permanent um and so i yeah you just you just took me there when you were talking but what i really would like to talk to you about is like we were talking about it earlier um but you talk about age in such a beautiful way and and you know as i'm here at 32 thinking about this pandemic and about life, like I have such a such a view of things from this 32 years of experience that I feel like if I had 20 or so more, I'd have a different idea 
about things. And so I'm just curious, like, how aging and this has been, um, you, and you spoke a little bit, but I just, I want Yeah, more. I think that um, <laughs> my, my aging process has been really um, influenced by my eating disorder recovery, which is interesting because mm. I went through, like I've been in different, different iterations of my eating disorder for my whole life. But I think the most debilitating mm. time um, was my most recent, which I kind of reestablished in my later 40s and into my early 50s. And it really shut me down for much of my 40s in so many ways that when I finally mm. stepped out of it, when I finally started um, understanding what I needed to do in order to heal, um, it was almost as if I'd been given the gift of starting my life again, where I could actually wow. sort of see outside of, of all the, the bullshit, not only my disorder, but some of the trauma of my childhood and some of the, the, the ways I'd found to shut myself off and shut myself down to keep myself safe. Um, how mm. once those were tapped and, and said hello to and greeted and worked with, um, my life became just this sort of like at 50, this sort of open book of, oh my God, I'm a sexual person again. And what does that look like? Mm. And how can I parent my child who I actually harmed with my eating disorder by shaming her? You know, how can I mm. reinvent who I want to be and who I was meant to be outside of that. So that really has been a gift, even if it sounds like it's, mm. it's been a slog because it ha I mean, I'm not, I don't want to paint rainbows around them. like, Oh, everybody <laughs> should have an eating disorder for 40 years. It's really great. But it's like, it sort of like gave me an opportunity to, to, I don't want to say start again because I'm, st I'm still the same old Meg with the same old shit. Um, but, I have a new appreciation for that same old Meg with the same old shit and I can respect mm -hmm. her and soothe her and work with her and bring her up to this kind of like newer level of like, Oh yeah, I'm old and I'm crony and I get to like feel and do and say and, and, you know, try these things. And if I'm not going to judge me, then I don't care if anybody else does. So th that's kind of where I'm approaching this amazingness mm. of being old. I'm 56. And honestly, I feel like this is the best <sighs> fucking part of my life I've ever had. It's amazing. I love that so much. I truly do. And I, I feel like anyone who has met you can feel that you're really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm time. glad. Because... You just walk around with a curiosity and like a gentle openness. That's so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it really comes from once you, once you, I always speak for the global good and I just, I, um, I should <laughs> speak for my own fucking. <laughs> the community. <laughs> once I stopped having these expectations of who I needed to be for other people. Um, then I could actually be yeah. somebody for other people, if that makes sense. So in the same way I found your presence 
without even having exchanged very many words with you, I found it very interesting and comfortable and fascinating and attractive. I kind of hope that I'm able to do that too with people by just being me. And I feel like that's your magic is that you're you, you, there's nobody like you, (laughs) you don't have pretenses. And that's very clear to me. And that's always been very clear to me. And, um, you know what it was, Mm. it was so great when I wanted somebody to build my website. Um, I really, Oh yeah. That's how we got into it. I forgot. I wanted to hire somebody who was in the body trust community, who was fat and who had their own business and was needed to hustle a little bit like I was trying to do so they would get that and so I asked you I said Who do oh you yeah know? and you're like me <laughs> so I was like that is so sweet I remember yes I was like Meg and, picked me and, and you picked me and it was like it was like this mm. instant sort of like here's where we fit together and then working with you and you got me and and I got like how you were speaking to what the words that I wanted to see on a website. Anyway, it was just fabulous. But all to say mm. that that I only hope that I can convey that sense of adventure and that sense of openness and that sense of um, kind of come talk to me. I'm interested in what you have to say that you give to other people because I know I'm not the only person fascinated by you. Oh my God, what is this? <laughs> I love it. Keep it coming. No, really. I think, I think what I actually love most about you is you have this, come talk to me. Let's have a conversation. But if you say something problematic, I absolutely, I'm going to gently tell you. And then if you say something dickish, I absolutely, I'm going to (laughs) cuss in your face. And I think that's the attitude that I really enjoy because there's a strength of like, don't fuck with me, but there's also this like genuine, I am this amazing, interesting person that you just, you gotta, you gotta come talk to. Like, it's a, it's a vibe. And I'm here for it. We are the mutual admiration (laughs) society. I think when we did our accessible yoga training, I think between you and me and Amber, I think there was like so much energy in the room of like, we are all, we know who we are pretty much. We know kind of what we're after. And we know what we're not going to tolerate. It was, it was, there was a definitely an air of these people are here to do some things. Yeah. I really love that. And I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired by like Mm. where you've taken all the things you do, all those things I mentioned, all the openness and community feeling and, and, you know, smart forward thinking um, and kind of parlayed it, you know, pandemic, not, not even there, but, but in what you've done in the past year, in the past two years, um, with your, the work that you put out in the world and you brought kind of the work you were doing to yourself rather than you went out really. I don't know if you look at it this way, but it just seemed like your energy brings that, (laughs) brings the shit to you. And again, that sounds like a, such a privileged thing to say, but I also think it's not necessarily money-based. It's not necessarily job-based, but your energy sort of brings the right forces to you sometimes. 
This is the power hour of Meg making Anna feel like a million dollars. And I'm not going to lie, before we started this, I was having a bit of a tough day because it's just like every day you wake up in this pandemic era. Yeah, it ain't ending soon. It's not going to be forever. It's not ending soon, but it's not also the forever. So we're in it. I just woke up and I was like, it feels like the middle. Like there's no... Well, you can't turn back. You can't go forward like you're just in it. And I was reminded again today as we were talking how we have to be able to process it and we have to talk about it. And you might have been trying to process it with the person that you're in tight quarters with. Go Zoom call someone else. Go get mm-hmm. a fresh perspective. This is just your gentle invitation to like talk to someone new and see if you just needed to shake it up for yourself a little bit because this conversation is giving me life and it's not as if we've, you know, solved anything, but it's just, there's a moment of relation and connection of like, we're out here, we're doing it, it's hard. And I feel actually really relieved by the way you talk about age because I have just seen so much um, you know, the, the media loves to talk about it like this mm-hmm. horrific thing that you have to, like, fight yes. tooth and nail against. Yeah. And, like, I'm super down with aging in the way that you're talking about. I mean, 40 years of an ED sounds pretty tough. I'm in, like, 25 of my own, but yeah. <laughs> I'm good yeah. with that. Let's stop, let's stop now. But I, I really admire the way you talk about the aging process and the journey of that. Um, and I think we need more of it. We need more. I love that you have a group. How do you, do you have uh, more people outside of that group? Or is that like, did you put that together because you wanted more yeah. perspectives or is it's, it more of a place it's that people can that. go it's i started elder queer it was like a, an idea that i had last year um as i was kind of like coming towards the end of my menopause journey um and i really just okay. started having questions about it and wanted to talk about it and in my research like going online and seeing our books or whatever most everything I found was really pathologized. It was really pandering. It was very patriarchal. Um, and it wasn't anything I would have recommended to somebody if I was um, a helper for them in therapy, like in a body trust perspective. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't find it. I also couldn't find a lot of queer perspective change information or perimenopause or postmenopause information. And so I thought, I just really want to talk mm. with old queers about this shit without worrying if I'm going to hear diet culture bullshit or, or like without the mansplaining. And, and so I thought I'm going to just put it out there on Instagram. It's the only thing I ever use, put it out there and say, who would <laughs> want to have this conversation with me? And who out there is an aging queer and they're going through changes and want to talk about it. And so once I put that out, I had the first elder queer group, which was just a zoom discussion. We did four Saturdays. I think it was in July was the first one Four Saturdays. We had different topics Mm -hmm. of like community building and future planning and 
body changes and sex dating relationships and like cultural relevance and all these things that come up um, when you're an older person and wondering about how these things will change for you. And then that's turned into like the elder queer menopause group. And then um, now we're having elder quarantine. So it's how is the quarantine sort of like affecting (sighs) older queers and last week, it's like we've had a lot of, we've had a couple meetings where we've gone to talk about how painful it is and how scary it is and how worried we are about yeah. health or the health of our loved ones or, or our aging parents and things like that. And then last week, I just, I, I needed an influx of positivity. So I'm like, you know what, y'all, we're just doing fuck, Mary kill. Let's just go around. We'll do play fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> And that's what we did. And, you know, we've had ukulele players, you know, just things that kind of crop up organically. (laughs) Okay. Did you, so for Fuck, Mary Kill, did you pick three people? It was, or was it just, who would you Fuck, Mary Kill right now? There was all sorts of, Kill became very evident that it was, (laughs) there was one person mentioned. Kill was the hot topic. Over who is, you know, at the helm of our country, unfortunately. Um, But we, yeah, it was like whoever you wanted to. And there was people like admitting their Instagram crushes and showing pictures. It was so, actually so fucking great. So yeah, Elder Queer is just sort of a kind of a destination, kind of an organic group. Um, I put it out every week, like who wants to join us and anybody can join us. Just send me your email and here's the Zoom link and you have to be self-identified queer and self-identified 40 and over. Um, and it's, it's just a place to come shoot the shit, basically. Yeah. I love it's that. Fun. I really love it. Yeah, that makes me community. so happy. I feel like we, and that's the thing that is, I think, the most important thing. And part of why I was like, we need this podcast is like, how do we bring community to our yeah. little screens in our homes when we can't go out into community. Do you get Zoom exhaustion? Um, yes, that's a thing. Yeah. That's why I was like, no video on this because I didn't want people to have to feel, I didn't want you to feel like you had to get dolled up or worry about video. It's big. I was just like, just come in your pajamas and your fucked up oh hair. Oh my let's God, talk let's about talk about life. fucked up gay hair. <laughs> There, my fade is faded. It's fucked. I, oh my god! I don't. Oh I have my god. no butchy street cred anymore. My fan days are wild. I have grays. <laughs> I have no eyelashes. My I can't even picture you without no eyelashes. Strip down. Oh. All right. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> it's not cute. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, there's, this is like there's some sobering moments, and it's. Um, it's a little ego taxing in terms of the strut. Yeah. And to look like you're doing a great job <laughs> in the the place there's no so great true. jobs. That, like you're not no one's doing a great job. And and I I also think like I've been noticing, you know, there's some people who have had to change up their ways. Like one of my faves uh, influencers, her name's Rosie Beamy, and she, every Sunday, she does Sunday steals. And what I love about it is she's a plus um, influencer, and she's finding, like, 
super fancy clothes for way cheaper and making them accessible. And she's like doing all the work. It's lovely for any fat babes, follow Rosie Be Me if you need, like, you want to get a little something. Because I also believe in retail therapy. Right. We don't have any money right now, but if you could get a Sunday steal, yeah, like, get it. You, you deserve a little dress or a little something. But I know she was like, oh, I don't want to post about it. And we were chatting and I was like, you should still post it because it's therapeutic for you. So if you are having a fun time in your house, putting outfits together or putting makeup on and posting it, I say do it. But I think also have grace with your followers or the people that are watching. If they don't have a bunch of enthusiasm that they normally have to give you, do shit for you. Like I'm always like, if you want to share about something that's important to you, share about it. But also have compassion when people aren't like, hot off the trail trying to get it but I say like do right. the thing that makes it's so you feel true. good and it's really great a great reminder to approach it with the energy of something you want to do with the understanding that it may not be received as it would have been a month ago and that's expansive and spacious for you to think about and, and a good reminder yeah absolutely Completely. Okay, so now is the time where we come to my two big item questions. My first question is for you personally, when either creating a space or going into a space, um, and you can pick if you want it to be digital or not, because that's the age we're in. What are three things that you believe need to be there in order for it to feel welcoming and like you belong. Oh, I there. love the, 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 the wrench you threw in by digital versus um, <laughs> I'm going to go back, back in time machine and say walking into a physical space. Okay. I love eye contact. If there's another person I want to be mm. acknowledged and I want to acknowledge, I see you. Um, and I'm seen. Mm-hmm. I love that. I will say one thing that I recently read because I was like, eye contact is so not. easy. And then someone was like, well, neurodiverse folks, sometimes that's like yeah. impo- an impossibility. And that's not the way that they acknowledge people and want to be acknowledged. So, but I also love yes. it as a preference when available. And just to be acknowledged in whatever right. way someone exactly. can and, acknowledge it, And that's a good reminder because eye contact way. doesn't necessarily mean somebody's eyeballs drilling into mine. It's sort of like a noticing and an understanding that there's another presence in the room. Um, and it's a trade-off. It's like I I'm acknowledging that. the other people, the other person is acknowledging whoever else is in the space. Um, I love that. I like to have spaciousness. And that doesn't, again, it's, it's, mm. it's not necessarily a lot of room around me or a lot of room around other people, but a lot of um, space to feel my way in. Um, mm. And that could be just a sense of quiet or a sense of kind of like, you know how you go into a store, say, and, and people are either, on, right, the salespeople are either right on you or kind of let you mm-hmm. let you know they're there, but also stay back mm-hmm. a bit. And I like the stay back a bit approach. 
Um, so I sort of like to feel my way into yeah. a space and be allowed to feel my way into a space, but also be acknowledged. So I'm sounding like a diva right now because I want all the things. Oh my God, I love it. No, but sometimes if they talk to you too soon, you're like, I'm not going to steal anything. Right, and I'm an introvert. (laughs) Like, it's too much. Despite how I present, which is loud and and full of fucks and, and, you know, whatever, I am an introvert (laughs) and I really like to sort of warm up before I'm approached. I also personally mm-hmm. like to choose who I work with because it's a vibe thing. And so if someone's too hot, I'm like, no, <laughs> you want it too much. It's so true. <laughs> it is so true. Right. Oh, God. And three things? Um, yep, three. Lighting. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that answer. It's, and That's it's so not even real. A, like a like a physical lighting thing. It's more like, am I am I intrigued by how this space is presented? Um, like mm. for example, any overhead lights. I just don't like the way it makes my body feel. I don't know why. Um. And so, in fact, my business is called Lamplight for almost, that's one of the very reasons, because it's, it's little pinpoints of light um, that warm up a space, but don't insinuate themselves over the whole Mm. thing. So, yeah, lighting in a space is really, really, I think I made that that. up just now, but... (laughs) Oh my god! Well, it's on recorded <laughs> yeah, forever, yeah, it's, so it's, it's sort of like uh, how how a place is illuminated, how it feels in terms of space and um, brave, brave space and recognition, and also um, kind of acknowledgement and being seen and seeing. I guess those would be the things. I love yeah. those. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, now the one, the last, (laughs) the big one. For all of the money, there's no money on this show. Uh, What is one thing, if you had a magical wand or you could just, you had powers for days, what's one thing that you would change about the world so that you would feel like it's more welcoming for you and for the people that you love? Um, in this place, in this time with me right now, it would be body diversity awareness and whatever that means. Mm. And that can mean so many different things at so many different points in one's life with so many different people that, um, everybody's body is their own body and it expresses itself in all the ways and all the ways that it expresses itself is important to oneself and the way one feels about oneself and should be allowed to be. Will you say that last thing, the um, thing allowed to and should be oh, just that part mm-hmm. was cut out should be allowed yeah. to be. I yeah. love that. It's like, it's, it would be a whole fucking different fucking world. Yeah. So, yeah. That would be fantastic. I love that. And I, I hope that that's something that 
something like this pandemic can help us move into because it really doesn't matter how fat or flat your ass is when people are dying and we can't give our friends and the people we love hugs. Yeah. (sighs) (sighs) I mean, let's all sigh together about it. But also, I just really want to thank you so much for being here and for sharing your time and just sharing this new perspective. I feel like we're so... Everyone's so caught up in their own shit that it's nice to get to, like, stop the recording of all the things I worry about and just, like, take a moment to listen in to what you're feeling into and what you're caring about is, like, such a nice reminder that we are all connected and that I think right now especially there's this real um, care and attention that I hope we can all put towards our elders and like helping protect them and keep them safe, especially mm-hmm. right now with this thing happening. But that like, it's interesting how our society sometimes really values youth, sometimes really values experience and life and wisdom. But no matter what I, what I love about you is that you simultaneously can I can think of you talk to you and feel like I'm talking to like (laughs) a 14 year old boy or like this ancient wise human with no gender like it just you have so many facets of who you are that I just am so grateful to get to share that and also just like have some crone wisdom on here because I got a lot of you know there's a lot of boomers out there who don't get it and so it's just really nice and special to be able to talk to you and to have such um wonderful insightful conversation and and just like I'm walking away feeling a little bit less scared I'm really glad honestly you know it's not it's something I'm still working with I don't know how scared I am of it but I know that I can I can approach it with a little bit more um ease and grace I think we all can, and I love that. Well, our time has come to an end, but I have truly, truly enjoyed this, and you really have brought a little bit of lightheartedness to my day. Thank you. I really love talking to you, as you know. I'm going to make you guys a playlist for your Sunday drive. And <laughs> if you... <laughs> please do. I'll put okay. it on. I'll yeah. share it yeah, for everyone. Definitely. We, we've talked about music before, so I'll definitely do that. But tradesies, because you make me one too. Okay. All right. Okay, Thanks. deal. Okay. <laughs> okay, now this is an accountability. I'm going to post a playlist, and Meg's going to send me one, and I'll Sunday share that playlist. too. So we both have them. Sunday drives. And then if anyone out there is listening and wants yes, to make one, perfect. you can tag Thank me and you. I'll share with Nick. <laughs> music helps the world go around. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I love and you too so much. And I'm so, so grateful much, you're doing what you do in the world. It makes a big difference. Oh, I feel the same okay. about you. Thank Bye. you. Bye.